Welcome to another edition of the Bones of Advertising. I'm Craig McLeod. You are? I am intrigued. You're intrigued. Why is that? Got, we've, got, we've got someone who looks far more intelligent than both of us. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> not hard. Welcome, Nicola Marty, to the front. <laughs> Thank you. I'm honoured to be here. Great to have you join us, Nico. Very excited to have you here today. <laughs> JD, would you like to uh, perhaps let the listeners know why we've got young Nicola on board with us for today's podcast? I'd uh, I'd love to. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, I think uh, I think our listeners need the uh, need the benefit of a of a of a of a different perspective. And I can't think of any greater perspective in advertising and marketing than that whole different perspective of someone who uh, looks as young as Nicola does. I'm not going to ask your age because I'm not allowed to anymore. Um, and uh, uh, people of our vintage who um, uh, may have a very very uh, uh, twisted perspectives on the business or may have a more kind of um, uh, maybe maybe a little bit more cynical and a bit more jaded. Uh, no, we're so not I, jaded nor cynical nor bitter. I'm not no. going to accept that for a second. You and I, no, no, no. No, I try and... Um, so tell us, tell us a little bit of, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where do you, where do you come from, and how did you manage to wind up here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lucky you go. I know, I'm very lucky. Um, yeah. So I am 24. I'll say my age. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> and I have been lucky enough to work. This is my third role in the industry. So I've worked <clears throat> client side at JSK doing pharmaceutical marketing, which is very, very different to where I am now. Um, that was my first role. I think I was 20 or so. I was still at uni. Part of my course was to go and work full time. So that's where I went for a year. And then I went back to uni for my final year. Um, That was really interesting and kind of opened me up to client side and marketing from that area, kind of seeing the business as an overview as a whole. And then I moved to an agency after uni. So I was working at the brand agency, working on Bunnings Warehouse, a massive retail brand, which was great experience for me. Bunnings Warehouse. Sorry, drop in a little bit of Tom. If you can can find a price, we'll beat it by 10%. (laughs) Yeah. If you can find a cheaper salary anywhere else, we'll beat it by 10%. <laughs> yes, you did, um, and you did pretty well at the uh, the brand agency from, uh, from all accounts. Yeah, yeah. So I was there as an account executive and then was ready to make my way into an account manager position, which is how I've landed here at Red Crayon. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've, I feel like I've had a bit of experience in very different places. And I think to have both client and agency experience has been great so early on in my career because I can compare the two and work out what I like. Excellent. Great. And Nico, what about getting a start? So sometimes um, we receive a a lot of correspondence from uh, from younger people in the industry saying, you know, how do I get a start? How do I get in? You know, is there internships available? What can I do to get the door cracked open? So can you maybe talk to the listeners a little bit about you know, how to get a start or how you got your start, what it was that you you did to ensure that you were the one that stood out? Yeah. Something I did a lot at uni was whenever we had a guest speaker who was from, you know, a, a agency or a marketing manager, I'd always go to those, um, what, what are we calling it? A presentation. presentation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of the time they would put their email up on the screen at the end or a phone number to just reach out because a lot of the time, not many people go to those sorts of things. So it's quite intimate. Um, so for me, reaching out to those sorts of things like cold calling and emailing, I actually feel like I might've emailed Red Crayon when I was looking for an internship. And they're, um, still, and they're still 
and they're still considering your application. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, I think little things like that, understanding what's in the area as well near you. I think I emailed so many agencies when I was looking for my co-op um, year, which was that third year in uni when I was looking to work for a year. Um, just putting yourself out there because once your name's in front of someone, they do remember you. Um, and I think for me, the biggest thing that started my career was choosing the course that I chose. So I did a four-year degree at RMIT. So it was a Bachelor of Business Marketing applied. In the applied degree, you do two years uni, one year work full-time and then go back to uni. Um, and for me, that just gave me the best like start that I could ask for. Not so like, it was obviously very different working in pharmaceutical marketing, but it's the professionalism and the working full-time and getting that experience that really helped me. And it helped me know what I wanted to do from there. Um, But I think just putting yourself out there and emailing people, even if you don't get a reply, they've seen your name so that if you come up again, connecting with people on LinkedIn, that's a huge thing as well. That's how he came to talk, Craig. So yeah, it's, it's massive. Just putting yourself out there. Yeah. One of the other things as well, Nico, I, I noticed, and I think that's probably not true. Gab's noticed that you'd followed us on Instagram. So Mm. she mentioned as well, well, hey, you know, Nicola's following us on Instagram. Um, you mentioned that someone's looking. She looked at your profile then on LinkedIn. Yeah. And from there, uh, I think we connected on LinkedIn or you connected with me on LinkedIn, as you said, and, and we kind of started the ball rolling from there. But what I'll also say, Nico, is I think your correspondence with us was really part of what it was that caught my attention. I think your ability to write is, is something that some days right now that can be underestimated. I really mm-hmm. felt that by the way you communicated with me, by the way that you corresponded with me and the actual content of the communication really showed me that there was someone here that we needed to talk to. So I try as much as I possibly can to respond to almost every website inquiry that comes in, unless of course it's a ridiculous one, like someone trying to sell me, I don't know, things that we don't need. So, but ultimately I try and respond. And in that, I look at what someone sent to us and say, and, and what they're, they're really looking to achieve. And if I can, I'll offer some advice and I've got a few connections in the industry. And if I know someone does have some space available, I'll always say, hey, you know, connect with JD. He might know someone that's, and sort of work it out from there because you just never know where the talent can come from. And look, you know, you've been with us a while now and, and turned into someone, uh, you know, extraordinary within the team. It's been fantastic to see you grow. And I think what you were looking for was opportunity. And I think that's what you've really seen here is the chance to, to, to take on things you yourself to to manage them autonomously to actually communicate directly with clients on an ongoing basis but not only just communicate but sort of talk bigger picture of what's possible what's probable and what we're actually doing so being able to be a real contributor to the process I think has really helped us get uh, mm-hmm. you to where you are right now which as I said is a is a very valued member of the team yeah I think there's a I think there's something I I, I just I just like to applaud you for the uh, for the for the the energy that you that you yeah, indeed indeed but allow a round of applause if you like Oh, we'll put that in later. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll, put the, we'll put the crowd sounds in. Uh, later. I, I, I think there is an there, there is a there is an understated um, uh, need for people to show how much to show energy to prove that that because because a forty year career. And, you know, that's generally how long careers used to be. I mean, they're going to drag me out of mine in a box, unfortunately. <laughs> You're not going anywhere, mate. <laughs> but even if you're looking at, you know, 30 years or 50 years, whatever, however long your career is going to be, it's going to take an enormous amount of energy just mm. to stay enthusiastic and to stay engaged with whatever you're doing. And so that 
the the fact that you've that you put yourself out there so often and so often and so often and you know what did what did Shakespeare say tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow like like there is this that is that cannot be underestimated. I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't believe. I think you really need to to prove to yourself that you actually want to be in the business and putting yourself out there again and again and again. I think is a is a is an is an amazing achievement. And and yes, let's have that round of applause again. <laughs> Yeah, and one of the things I think is a real good point too, JD, is if you're wanting to come into a creative industry and you're expecting to get noticed by doing the normal, just an email or just a, a LinkedIn connection, it's going to be tougher for you to shine. I think it's really important for us to let those people that might be listening know that if you want attention, you've got to do something extraordinary. And, and when I say that, it doesn't have to be something ridiculous, but it can be just something where you've got a piece of, of writing that, that's really relevant or that you've looked at something something that's happened within the organization that shows you're aware of what's going on or something within the industry. But I think it's really important as well, Nico, to say, find out from you right now what it is that makes you feel great about what you do. And again, I'm presuming you feel good about what you do, but what is it that that you like? He's only the boss, Nick. He's only the boss. Don't worry about it. He'll be all right. (laughs) Yeah. What is it that um, that, that kind of speaks to you? And and please be as candid as you like. I think for me, like I love working agency side because you get to work with so many different clients. And I feel like that way you never really have a day where you're bored or you feel like you're at a standstill. I think sometimes working client side or only working on one client, you feel like you're kind of doing the same thing over and over. But here working with a number of different clients, that kind of gives me the energy to keep going. Um, there's always something different happening. I think that's a massive thing for me. Yeah, great. Does it live up to your expectations, Nick? Does it, like when you when you first started out on your weary way towards, you know, inevitable yeah. line of death, um, yeah. did you, is it is it living up to what you hoped it would be? Yeah, it's funny because I think I didn't have many expectations for age, not, not in a bad way. No. I didn't know what to expect no. um, with an agency job. I think in uni, a lot of the subjects I did focused really heavily on clients side. And I think that's because I did a Bachelor of Business that majored in marketing. It might've been different if had I done an advertising degree, but I think I did one subject out of in my four years that we played the role of a client and agency. And at that point, I didn't quite understand the connection right. between the two. Yep. Um, and then the rest of the subjects I did were really, really focused on being the client. So I think for me, that was the biggest thing and why I wanted to go into an agency job post my degree, because I'd already done the client side. I kind of knew what to expect there, mm. but I wanted to understand if agency was something that I would enjoy. And it is, and that's why I'm still here um, now and why I looked for a second agency job when I did leave my last job. So um, I think in terms of expectations, once I got into the industry and worked in my first agency, it has lived up this particularly for Red Crayon has lived up to my expectations of what I was expecting to work across several different clients. Um, but it's also been so much more, you know, I haven't, I am not just an account manager. I'm not just a suit. Like we do so much more than that. So it's exceeded my expectations in that sense. Excellent. Excellent. And do you, sorry, Craig, I can see you desperately want to get there. But <laughs> I said one more question. (laughs) Sorry, I'm holding up two fingers. One question. Do you have uh, do you have colleagues, peers, friends in other agencies? Mm -hmm. And is the is their experience consistent 
with yours? Like, is it is it all enthusiasm and optimism and hope, or uh, are some of them feeling like, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to use an old reference here, Muhammad Ali on the ropes against George Foreman, you know, just <laughs> Um, It's funny. A lot of the people I went to uni with, we all ended up in really different areas. Um, so I don't actually have too many people that are also working in agency. I've got obviously old colleagues, Um but I think, yeah, I don't know. I think some people do feel like they're in that kind of standstill and they're going around in that cycle and it just keeps going. So, but then I've got others who have gone into completely different areas or they've changed what they want to do because marketing's not for them. So yeah, yeah. yeah I think I, I haven't actually got too many people around me that I went to uni or school with that are kind of in the same position as me now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me just a just a quick idea or um, maybe even a closing insight on your thoughts of the industry and I, and I guess where you sort of see it going. I'm really intrigued to see that, you know, the, the next generation of, of people mm. coming through, what you kind of perceive it to be like now and kind of where you see it going. Yeah, I think that the industry will change a lot. I think I've worked in agencies where, you know, the creatives have been there for a long time. They're super experienced. They've got their way that they work. And that's kind of how it's always going to be until they leave that position. But I think as my generation kind of come through and we start to take more senior positions in agencies, I think the way that information is kind of given from, you know, an account account manager to a creative is going to be different. I think that there's going to be a lot more open communication, which is something we already do here at Red Crayon. But I think as we start to move up, um, through the chain throughout all different agencies. I think there'll be a shift. I don't know what that shift will necessarily look like, but I think the communication between different areas will be huge. And I think as well, everyone's just got a different experience. Our generation's so different to kind of the senior creatives and account managers at the moment. Yeah. And then just, you know, touching on technology and I guess this is your your homeland. This is what you know from the beginning. It's like you've not been involved when there wasn't any social media or digital yeah. media. So, you know, this is your heartland. So to you, it, it would almost seem foreign for people to talk about it as, you know, a, as a newer thing because it's the thing and, and, you know, one of the primary things for you. So just in that. Yeah. Give us your insights on on that. Yeah, I think because we've grown up with it, I, it'll be interesting to see because I guess, you know, my generation have grown up with social ads. That's something that we see all the time. But I think we're also understanding that they are just ads. So they can be easily ignored by us because we know what's happening. Um, you know, I've got so many friends that would just hide ads that come up or they don't even look at them anymore because they know that it's just being served to them to try and make them buy something and they won't buy it. So I think it'll be interesting because we've obviously grown up around it that we're almost sick of that kind of social um, media advertising. So I don't know, it'll be interesting to see if there's other ways we can get to people. If I can, if I can just leap in here with a bit of lesson experience, um, back in the day, back in the day, back in the day, we used to just call that shit advertising. Yeah. <laughs> I think we still do, mate. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I always, I always think, you know, people don't like advertising. They yeah. never have, but they like what they're interested in. Yep. And I think if you can find what people are interested in, it doesn't matter whether it comes up on a social feed or the back of a matchbox, people still use matches. I don't know. Yeah. To light fires out the back. And you used to them. use them to, to light cigarettes when you smoke for Australia. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, please. <laughs> no, you haven't. You've been off them for so long, you're brand new now. But um, since, they've taken out, since they've taken out one of my lungs, I've cut my smoking in half. 
Yeah. So. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield, I love it. Anyway, JD, Nicola Marty, thank you for joining us. That's been another edition of the Bones of Advertising. I look forward to next week, JD. Don't go changing. It's been an honour an honor and a privilege. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Nico. Thanks.